Blues, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday morning, September the 13th. And uh, a little bit of everything, as always, to speak about this morning. Of course, last night, Russell Wilson makes his return uh, back to Seattle after being uh, traded to uh, Denver. And uh, Seattle takes care of business as they beat uh, their favorite son by a score of uh, 17-16. Of course, who would have thought uh, Geno Smith would have had the game he had last night after uh, uh, bouncing around from a few teams in the NFL over the course of uh, the last few years. I think he was a draft choice back in 2014 uh, in his eighth or ninth year in the league. uh, Goes, uh, I want to say, 23 or 28 uh, for over 200 yards, a couple scores as – Seattle beats back uh, the Denver Broncos uh, in a in a ho-hum Monday night game. But the, the story of a local uh, player, a former LSU player, Jamal Adams, went down with a serious injury last night uh, and uh, a quadricep uh, muscle. Uh, so Coach uh, uh, Pete Carroll thinks he's going to be out a while, sorry to say. Also, uh, a UL, former UL running back, Elijah Mitchell, is going to be out about two months with an injury. So Jeff uh, – a lot of players going down on the first week. And, of course, uh, Dak Prescott uh, with uh, the Cowboys uh, had to hustle in a quarterback on their roster. Yeah, and uh, apparently Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, available. Um, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan said if if we're approached, we would consider it. Um, thought uh, maybe after Trey uh, Lance's first week performance against the Bears, uh, maybe they would want to cling to Jimmy Garoppolo. But... Probably uh, considering the elements in Chicago, uh, they're not uh, discounting Trey Lance too soon. Yeah, you're right. And uh, the Cowboys, uh, as I mentioned, they had to hustle a quarterback onto their roster. I think he was on the practice squad. I can't believe a team would go in with only one quarterback uh, on their roster to begin the season. But uh, that's what I perceived uh, what was taking place. Uh, In the meantime, uh, the Cowboys – or uh, looking for a quarterback, or if not a quarterback, some backups uh, to to replace uh, Dak Prescott. And uh, the story out there uh, right now is that uh, Prescott uh, could miss uh, several games uh, in that regard. So uh, we're trying to see. Let's see. I hit the wrong story here on Zach Prescott. but uh, He did have successful surgery, at least, uh, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Uh, again, uh, you know, whether or not he is back four to six weeks, six to eight weeks uh, to be determined, obviously, depending on how that thing heals. But, yeah, they uh, definitely um, they, they rolled the dice at that position uh, preseason, uh, cut that roster down, and you thought for sure they would have built it back up, but they were not pleased with who they had in the quarterback room. So they cut it down, but uh, obviously uh, you, you never expect your quarterback to go down week one. But, heck, you better be prepared. Absolutely. And the Cowboys, uh, maybe that's the general manager's fault uh, yeah, yeah. in that regard. The owner should fire him. <laughs> anyway, uh, Prescott had surgery on his right thumb Monday afternoon, and sources continue to believe he will miss six to eight weeks as he goes through rehab. Uh, given that timeline, you're looking at somewhere around October 30th uh, when they play the Bears uh, and likely November 13th against the Packers. 
So uh, the team has a week nine bye. So the Cowboys uh, suffered the injury in the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys 19-3 lost to the Buccaneers after his hand uh, twice hit the hand of linebacker uh, Shaq Barrett uh, after a screen pass to Ezekiel Elliott. It really didn't look that bad. I know. Uh, you know I, I, I saw the replay time after time after time in advance of last night's game on uh, ESPN's pregame, and it just didn't look that bad, but obviously uh, it must have been uh, to necessitate surgery. And, you know, it's that, that, that particular injury is pretty common. You remember Drew Brees had yeah. that same injury a couple a few years ago, and uh, uh, that's when Teddy Bridgewater came in to relieve him uh, over a period of time. But uh, he went to the sidelines because he couldn't grip the ball. And after the game, Prescott said, I was told it was much cleaner than it uh, could have been. He visited uh, with the team's uh, specialist on Monday and had the surgery soon thereafter. Uh, the Cowboys now have to figure out how to win without Prescott while he recovers. Uh, starting a Sunday's matchup against the Bengals, and you know the Bengals going to be looking for a big-time win after they were upset last week by the Steelers uh, in a game which uh, uh, our quarterback uh, Burrow threw four picks and also, uh, I think, fumbled a snap uh, or had a fumble, I should say. And the Cowboys are five and seven with games without Prescott in their career. Although uh, Rush, who's the now quarterback, it looks like, unless they make some trades, uh, did have a pretty. They're not booing. Game. They're yelling, "Coop, <laughs> yeah. Coop!" Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, Prescott did miss twelve games back in the twenty twenty one season, and mm, that uh, didn't go well. No, you're right about that. Uh, he did. Uh, anyway, we're going to see how that's going to turn out. So uh, McCarthy's got his uh, job cut out. Uh, Cowboy fans, uh, uh, they need to take a look-see at themselves, you know, uh, and uh, we'll see what takes place uh, elsewhere. But uh, elsewhere, as I mentioned, uh, Elijah Mitchell went down. He could be out at least uh, two months, and I'm trying to recall his injury. It had to do maybe with a uh, pectoral muscle. I'm not sure. Uh, it was a peck, yeah. It was a peck. And then also Jamal Adams with a quad injury. And uh, LSU player and Pete Carroll said uh, pretty ser- serious injury. So uh, a lot of local players going down in the Alvin first Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that's right. Another one, too, uh, in that regard. Uh, rib, rib injury of some sort, but still expected to be uh, on the field against Tampa Bay. So uh, just uh, a lot of injuries. And uh, week one down, 17 more to go uh, out there. So uh, we'll see what uh, – What's going to happen in the meantime? Just looking up another story here with regards to uh, football. And uh, it's the Saints, of course, take on Tom Brady. Uh, the Saints will be playing uh, their first home game of the season. And, uh, you know, the Saints have had his number only one time in the last, I think, five tries as he beaten the Saints. And that's when he counted, though, Jeff, in that uh, playoff victory, uh, Drew Brees' last game as a Saint. So um, we'll yeah, see what the not, Saints... not sure what to make of uh, these rumors about him retiring after this year. And, you know, Brady is uh, brushing it off, saying, you know what, I'm going to play the season and then we'll make a determination. It's uh, stupid to uh, sit here on week number uh, two or just following week number one uh, to declare one way or the other. Um, but I just hope that doesn't light some sort of fire underneath him yeah you really think i'm gonna retire watch this that's what i i don't want to see i i I don't want an an angry aaron Rodgers uh on sunday night when the bears take on the packers uh 
Aaron Rodgers had a bad week one last year, uh, but he had a pretty good rest of the season. And I, I, I just, I hate to make these guys angry when we're about to face them. Yeah, you're right. And Tampa Bay's a three-point choice uh, right now uh, uh, for the game in the Superdome at uh, at noon uh, Sunday. Uh, of course, the Tampa Bay beat the Cowboys nineteen to three in their opening game uh, over in uh, in Dallas. So. Uh, you know, that's, they're on the road for the first two games, uh, the Tampa Bay. If you can go on the road, be 2-0 and on the road uh, after the first two games, you, you got to think your chances are pretty good. Uh, I think so. It, what's hilarious, so I like to look at the, the, all the pregame stuff. Uh, they're talking about thunderstorms. Uh, at the Saints game, uh, I don't know where that could be an issue or not. Yeah, probably. <laughs> maybe uh, the fans the, the getting tailgating. In. Yeah, that's about maybe, it. <laughs> maybe they get inside a little bit quicker. That's about maybe it. Bourbon Street a little bit earlier. Anyway, the over and under uh, for that game is forty-four, so uh, it should be interesting uh, as uh, Tom Brady makes another appearance uh, in the Superdome. Uh, I like to know. I'm pretty sure he won his first Super Bowl. I think in the Superdome when they. Uh, uh, they beat uh, what Carolina the Rams. The, the Rams, yeah. I so, think it uh, was in New Orleans. I, I do believe so. Yeah, it could have been the Rams. It had to be maybe. Uh, it was the Rams. Uh, uh, wasn't the pay- it, it was the Rams. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was the next. Uh, they year, were trying to repeat. Yes, that's right. And, uh, after they beat the Titans the yeah. year before. Anyway, uh, so pretty interesting uh, injuries starting to mount. Uh, of course, as always, uh, each morning, uh, Monday through Thursday, we'll have a high school coach at 8 o'clock. We'll have Terry Martin on for the Lowerville uh, Tigers. He was celebrating a big win as they downed to Quincy, 39-2. to uh, Pretty impressive uh, in that regard. Elsewhere, Saints, uh, let's see, the Saints come, uh, they're 1-0. It's and uh, I didn't hear much about the Camara injury. I don't know many of our no, listeners I, had too. Jeff, why don't you, uh, if you have a little bit on that, why don't you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, CBS Sports uh, had a little something. I didn't hear any anything out of the press conference, but apparently Saints uh, came back to beat the Falcons. Uh, and again, with little help from Alvin Kamara, who had just 12 touches, it turns out there may have been a reason that he didn't play a prominent role. Dennis Allen finally said something yesterday that, former All-Pro began battling a rib issue, quote-unquote rib issue, but didn't express concern uh, for Week 2, said he thinks he's going to be fine. He was relatively productive when given the opportunity Sunday, but not given many opportunities, uh, averaged over four yards per carry, caught three passes in the win. Saints essentially gave the same amount of combined carries to Mark Ingram and Taysom Hill, and, and I think everybody... When they see Taysom Hill get the football, they get excited. Yes. And uh, he uh, led the team with 81 yards and a touchdown on the ground. But Kamara does figure to uh, be even more involved in the Saints offense when fully healthy. But uh, while, again, we don't know much about the rib issue, uh, he, uh, unless it's uh, you know, his baby back ribs or uh, you know beef ribs, uh, if if he's deciding on that kind of rib issue. But, uh, no, obviously uh, uh, just must be some soreness of some sort. Obviously there's no crack, there's no fracture. Um, otherwise uh, there'd probably be more concern. 
Yeah, and uh, with regards to that, so I uh, don't know, I don't remember at any time during the game a Sunday where he maybe had checked himself out to take care. I've never noticed anything uh, no. unusual. And like you said, uh, didn't it, see it any probably, local stories. It, it probably just wasn't um, fun to get hit. No. You know, there, there's probably some sort of muscle issue, uh, you know, something going on there. But obviously not a fracture, not uh, a crack. Yeah, so uh, games on this weekend in the NFL market. Of course, uh, uh, the Monday night game will be Minnesota at Philadelphia. Uh, they have two Monday night games, uh, I should correct myself. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> at Buffalo and Minnesota at Philadelphia. One at 6.15, the other one at 7.30. The Sunday night game is uh, the Pack and the Bears up in uh, Wisconsin, Jeff. So uh, that's a 7.20 Sunday night kickoff. The late games uh, for Sunday afternoon, uh, Arizona at Las Vegas, Houston at Denver, Cincinnati journeys to Dallas. Uh, we'll see who their quarterback will be. Seattle at San Francisco, Atlanta at the Rams. The noon games, Miami at Baltimore, Indianapolis at Jacksonville, New England at Pittsburgh, Carolina playing the, in New York at the Giants, Washington at Detroit, the Jets at Cleveland, Chargers at Kansas City, and, of course, Tampa Bay taking on the Saints. In the dome around noon, so uh, the uh, Buccaneers a three-point pick. So uh, should have some interesting games uh, with regard to uh, the NFL this coming weekend. And uh, college football, of course, uh, uh, some big games on the slate. Uh, uh, LSU's first opponent, uh, Florida State, takes on Louisville in Louisville. Uh, any other other big games? Uh, of course, Kentucky making a little noise right now as they take down the Gators in uh, Gainesville. Um, and then okay. Stoops uh, being talked about as a possible Nebraska that, that's head right. coaching candidate. That is correct. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to win football games in Kentucky. Basketball's not the uh, the problem. But a, a quick story regards to uh, Kentucky. Uh, back in the uh, late '40s, early '50s, Bear Bryant was at uh, Kentucky coaching football. Won the South. Well, I think the only time uh, Kentucky's won the SEC championship, I think, was around 50 uh, when Bear Bryant was at uh, Kentucky. And, of course, you had Adolph Rupp on the basketball program, uh, just winning games left and right. Well, uh, Bear Bryant wins the SEC championship, and Adolph Rupp wins the national championship. And at the athletic banquet, Bear Bryant got a cigarette lighter. Adolph Rupp got a uh, new Cadillac and. Bear Bryant said, it's time for me to go. And that's when he headed to Texas A&M and uh, made famous with the Junction City Boys back in the 50s. So, yeah, and, uh, and there was a, a little bit of a tiff between Calipari and Stoops. Uh, over the summer, Calipari said, no, uh, Kentucky's a basketball school. And Stoops is like, you know, did you see us last year? Um, and then he comes away with a victory like he did this past Saturday. Uh, Trying to change that uh, mentality, uh, and and it's got to start with that mentality. If you continue to believe you're just a basketball school, you're never going to be a good football school, and that attitude has to change. Yeah, that's uh, that is correct. So uh, we'll see what changes. Uh, and Stoops, uh, I think if he's got a way out, I think he's going to take it and go to Nebraska. Of course, Nebraska. You know, when they joined the uh, the Big Ten, they were all feeling good about themselves and. Uh, in the meantime, they've had a rough go at it uh, right now. Scott Frost, they brought in after letting the previous coach go. Frost had an unbeaten season over at Central Florida. He went 13-0, and uh, taking that program from an 0-12 uh, start to a 13-0 in a matter of three years. So we'll see what uh, what's in store for him, if it's Kentucky's future or if Nebraska comes calling. It uh, should be interesting to see. 
Notre Dame, that's 0-2 right now. They try, uh, they're going to take on California to see if they can't break that uh, uh, problem that they have right now. Of course, BYU, pretty impressive. They're 2-0, take on Oregon, 1-1. Of course, Oregon got beaten the first week by a pretty good Georgia team, we all know. Looking for some other big uh, lineups this weekend. Uh, Alabama takes on uh, Monroe. Uh, that shouldn't be a problem for the Crimson Tide. It uh, looks like uh, they just squeak one by over Texas. Uh, elsewhere, any other matchups against top-ranked teams? Of course, Mississippi State and their aerial attack comes into Tiger Stadium, uh, a five o'clock game. I've never seen LSU with a five. I know. I, game. I'm I, obviously it's for TV. It's for ESPN to balance, uh, but it is an unusual start time yeah. for Tiger Stadium. Uh, granted, that the very unusual start time. Uh, uh, is it a home game or are they at? Yeah, they no. They're at. Is, uh, yeah, they're is, they're yeah. in Baton Rouge. They're in Baton Rouge at five o'clock Saturday uh, kickoff, approximately. Uh, and you wonder if that early afternoon game will be over by then too. So uh, it might preempt it. Who knows. Uh, depending on who plays. Elsewhere, uh, the Raging Cajuns are going to journey to Houston to take on Rice. Rice had a huge win over, I think, McNeese this past week uh, as they beat uh, the Cowboys uh, to submission. I think it was 50-something to three, maybe 56 to 10. Uh, Not sure of the final. Uh, Elsewhere, Louisiana Tech journeys to Clemson to take on uh, the Tigers in a ball game. So, uh, should be interesting. Some interesting matchups, Jeff. And uh, only two ranked teams I can see is uh, Miami takes on, of course, the Hurricanes take on Texas A&M, and they ought to be withering right now after their huge loss uh, over Tex, College uh, Station. Jimbo Fisher said something that he has um, says we got to shake some things up. Maybe give up play calling duties. Let uh, the Defensive coordinator handled play, uh, calling plays, so uh, apparently things are bad if if after one loss you're ready to uh, change so much. And as much as you know, they were they were beating their chest about uh, having the number one recruiting class in the company, and uh, Appalachian State comes to town. You know, it, it wasn't really a fluke win for Appalachian State. They had 315 yards of offense to 186 for the Aggies. And they they ran for 181. They threw for 134. The Aggies had 97 passing, 89 uh, rushing. App State had 22 first downs to the Aggies' nine. Uh, There were nine out of 20 uh, App State on uh, third down. The Aggies were two for eight. Penalties, uh, App had uh, five for 55 yards. The Aggies were seven for 60. The Aggies lost two fumbles, didn't throw an interception. Uh, I mean, right there you can see in the game, Jeff, that – the uh, App State uh, t- put it to them, took it to them. It wasn't, it wasn't a fluke if you look at some of the and, numbers. And obviously App State has been one of the better mid-majors along with UL and um, oh, yeah. Georgia. Not so much Georgia Southern, although uh, obviously they had an impressive win uh, on uh, Saturday. But um, who's the other team out here? Carolina, Coastal yes. Carolina. The, these right. have been some impressive mid-major schools that, that have competed uh, against the Power 5 schools. So... I'm, I'm not wholly shocked by it, uh, but, yeah, on the road at Texas A&M, I wouldn't have bet on it. Yeah, along with the, they needed more than just the 12th man the Aggies did no. uh, to take on uh, App State, and I'm sure the natives are restless, too, with Jimbo Fisher, what, three years ago got that uh, – unbelievable contract of $75 million, which looks small compared to some of the numbers we see today uh, uh, within that. And uh, as I mentioned on the air yesterday, that uh, Coach O was at the UL game uh, 
uh, Saturday uh, and enjoying uh, uh, the festivities. I'm sure you. I wonder if you hung around the tailgaters. You know, they're they're pretty impressive in mm. UL with the tailgating before the games and all. So, uh, pretty much uh, that's it uh, right now, uh, Jeff. Anyway, uh, probably need to go ahead and take our first break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 12:40, and we'll be right back after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday night, it's Southern Jack. And on Saturday night, Cajun Roots. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Check them out on Facebook. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday uh, morning. A little lightning round here for us uh, here in the second uh, segment of Bayou Sports. Uh, Magic Mike. Mike Trout, you know, uh, Jeff hit another homer in each of his 11, uh, seven games, one shy of the Major League record. Mattingly? That's right. I think it is Mattingly. Back, uh, I, I remember, I was still in college. Well, uh, I spent eight years in college, so you can't really. Um, but I want to say it was you know, 86, doctors and lawyers go to college. I know. That's, you know I used to get those questions at family reunions. <laughs> Getting the doctorate? Uh, man, not, not exactly. Anyway, uh, that's what, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you, you see where the athletic, uh, of course, a lot of people aren't familiar here, down here with the athletic. That's a big uh, sports newspaper that the New York Times has debuted. Well, they did, they're doing ads in the athletic. Uh, so, uh, anyway, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I see a lot of now uh, string writers writing uh, spots for the uh, athletic. Anyway, the Yankees clinched their 30th straight winning season last week uh, from 93 to 22, which is trails only the Yankees' 39 straight. Would you believe the Yankees won 39 straight, had 39 straight winning seasons from 1926 to 64 when those old age boys like Mano and Ford and Berra and uh, Elston Howard and all that group, Bobby Richardson, they all uh, just about uh, over the hill there. 
Anyway, the Dodgers uh, clinched their 10th straight postseason berth on Monday, which trails only the Braves and from 91 to 05. You know, the Braves, I think the Braves won the division title every year for 15 years, I think. Uh, I, I don't remember they having a runner-up. Of course, they had three Hall of Fame uh, pitchers. Meanwhile, the Yankees did it again in 95 to 07. Elsewhere, uh, did you see where the National Hockey League is going to have uh, ads on their jerseys? Yeah, that uh, uh, is not news today but uh it's unfortunate uh, yeah. they, they made that announcement uh, at some point in the off season maybe even late in the season uh, this past year but you know again I, i'm not a fan of it the nba's been doing it for a few yeah, years now and you know it's uh you know they, they've got enough advertising all yeah. over the place they they did allow advertising on the helmet like a small sticker on the helmet i know for the blackhawks it's bell and apparently the advertising is working because I know that Bell has been on their helmet. The The question is, what does Bell do? I have no idea. I don't yeah. know if it's Bell like the old bicycle uh, <laughs> uh, supplier. Um, you know, they would do all sorts of uh, accessories, bike accessories. I don't know if they produced a bike themselves, but they always had bike accessories. I don't know what Bell is, but Bell was a sponsor of the Blackhawks. Anyway, of course, uh, last night, Russell Wilson returned to Seattle. Uh, his backup got the loudest ovation. Guys, Geno Smith went 23 out of 28, 195 yards, two TDs, and bailed out the uh, Seahawks, who won 17-16. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the young man, Carlos uh, Alcaraz, who won the uh, U.S. Open, he partied till about 3 a.m. <laughs> Monday morning, uh, and uh, he, had a, he, had a, he, just, he got out of bed at 5.15 uh, for 6 a.m. Uh, center match so the anyway elsewhere uh uh the watch this game two in vegas uh with the wmba at aces up one nothing uh that'll be game two at 9 p.m eastern time eight o'clock uh i believe our time we're it, uh, looking to connect a little bit looking to uh even up the series in that regard elsewhere uh on uh uh, tonight, the Yankees and the Red Sox, of course, the Red Sox are out of the runnings for any type of uh, uh, playoff series. And looking to see if uh, Judge can but, hit. But, but they are playing to be a, a last-place team that still could be 500 in that, last That's place, right. That's know? right. You're right about that. That That's amazing that all of the five teams in that uh, Eastern Division for uh, the, in the American League could all finish above. And the Red Sox right now can play a big spoiler. In that regard, and I'm sure that's uh, in uh, in place. Uh, meanwhile, Aaron Judge has 55 homers with 21 games left to play already, the seventh most of any player this century. And of course, uh, there um, we'll see if he can uh, get a few more. He's got 21 games to break that uh, hit 62, which would break the American League record that stood since 1961 when Roger Maris. Went off and hit 61 home runs that year. Maris, of course, hit his 61st on the last uh, day of the season, I think, off of Tracy Stallard, off the Red Sox. And uh, Tracy Stallard, a longtime pitcher in the American League and National League. So, uh, and so, so much pressure uh, on him. Uh, it, it really killed Maris. Uh, it probably took years off his life, um, the, the resentment that he faced. Uh, everyone... That year, if anybody was going to break Ruth's record, they wanted it to be Mantle. And, you know, I just saw a headline. No, if Aaron Judge hits 62 this year, he is not the single season home run king, even though everybody wants to discount McGuire and Sosa 
and then Bonds uh, for what they did. And, you know, it is amazing, though, that that record stood for so long, and then uh, three guys break it uh, in a matter of two or three years. That's right. Come on. Come on. Yeah, anyway, uh, Maris, if, if you ever get to see the movie, 61, Billy Crystal was the one to produce that yeah. movie and directed it, and he tried to keep it uh, as much as he could with what the goings on that particular season in 1961. It's really well done. It, uh, it, it shows that the character Mickey Mantle was and Roger Maris and the Yankee crowd. I, th- I think he, the only thing I have, he had uh, uh, the young actor uh, um, who was on Saturday Night Live playing Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford was about 5'10", and Anthony Michael Hall's about six two or three, <laughs> and uh, Whitey Ford was about five ten. Uh, the guy he had, Yogi Berra, was pretty good. Elston Howard was a big man, six two or three. Uh, but it, it was pretty interesting. Of course, Thomas Jane and uh, uh, the uh, person that played uh, uh, Roger Maris, uh, they, they even looked like the players. <laughs> they looked like Mallow and Maris. So he did a great job uh, in that regard. And, you know, uh, I've never seen that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, you know, and it surprises me that I haven't, uh, that I haven't stumbled upon it somehow. Uh, but I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a great movie. The, the movie starts off with uh, uh, Mark McGuire looking to hit his 60th or 59th and in the old Bush Stadium, and then it turns into the opening day Flashback. of uh, yeah, 1961. Billy Crystal did a great job. It's a great movie. Tried to keep it. I mean, even the names he used uh, of the players back then and what they did and how Marish just was hounded by the press who just wanted to be left alone let me play baseball. And, uh, and Ralph Hawk was in his first year with the Yankees after Casey Stingle was fired after they lost to the Pirates in 60. It just a, it's a great movie. It's well done. It's, uh, it goes to – and I can remember as a kid uh, Maris uh, losing his hair and uh, just the stories about he and Mano were at, at each other's throats. And it just – it's a great movie. And the sports writers uh, on the side during the course of the movie kind of uh, blend into it. So uh, it's it's – Pretty interesting, uh, Jeff. Pretty interesting. You get a chance to see it. It's the name of the movie. is 61 with an asterisk, which <laughs> Ford Frick put on him uh, during the middle of the season. He said, if any records are broken this year uh, with 162 games, they're going to have an asterisk, and, including and, the home run. And, and a couple of things, uh, and we have seen it played out. That was the first expansion, uh, the first time. That's correct. There were uh, eight teams in each league uh, from 1903 until 1960. They expanded in the American League, got two additional teams, and pitching suffered. Yes. And and that was a bit of a thought process. And then it proved to again the next year when the National League expanded in 69 when both teams expanded, and again in 77 when both leagues expanded. Uh, you No, actually, just the American League expanded in 77, but uh, Toronto and Seattle. But, um, but we see where pitching lets down a little bit because that's that many more pitchers and uh, you thin out the, the pool. Yeah, you do. And back in Water the day, down. yeah, back in the day in 61, too, when they only had eight teams in each league, uh, when you added two more, the Angels and the Washington Senators with Calvin Griffin moved from Washington and they went to Minnesota and became the Twins. And the new Washington Senators who were born uh, through uh, the, the new league, uh, the new expansion team, they wanted to keep a team in Washington. Of course, they moved again in 71 uh, when they headed to Arlington to Texas, become the Texas Rangers. And Washington did a, didn't get another team till the Expos moved to uh, 
Washington became the Nationals. So, uh, and I'm trying to remember when that was, probably in the 90s. 2003 or four. Yeah, somewhere in there. I know so. I was in New Iberia by then. Uh, remember they... The Expos uh, tried to play in San Juan. That's right. Uh, a couple of series there to see if uh, it would take off there, and it didn't they didn't have a very good stadium. Uh, uh, but uh, eventually, the the league I think took over that franchise and eventually put them in uh, D.C. and then eventually found a buyer for them. And and it's been uh, a good run. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's lasted longer than the second Senators. Correct. Team that only lasted uh, 10, 11 years in That's right. D.C. Uh, it's been a better run, a better facility probably, and you know, better market uh, well, since uh, those the, days. the old saying, uh, Washington, first in war, first in peace, and last in, in the, the American, American League. League yeah. So uh, anyway, that pretty much sums it up. But uh, we'll see what Judge can do in, in that regard. So Aaron Judge, I'm sitting on 55 right now with 21 games left. So if uh, – if uh, we get down to eight games and he's got 60, 60 homers and hits number 61 in game uh, you know, 154, is he now the uh, credited? <laughs> of course, Faye Vincent changed all that back in the yeah. early 90s uh, when he took the asterisk off of uh, Maris's uh, uh, home run record. So, uh, and he did the right thing, too, in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, high school football this week, uh, we've got uh, two games on Kane Radio. We've got the Panthers journeying to Erath Thursday night uh, with a kickoff approximately 7 o'clock airtime, 7.30, as they take on the Erath Bobcats. Panthers looking for their uh, first win of the year. And uh, uh, Erath comes in 1-1 that they beat North Vermillion last week but lost to Lowerville their first week, 20-15. to So we'll see if the Panthers can chalk up their first win uh, with uh, the – season uh you know third week of the high school football season of course uh friday night jeff you bring uh the highland uh baptist bears into play and i'm trying to uh who do do they take on st john i yes. believe the eagles out of now this is st john out of plaquemine the city of plaquemine and uh, st john eagles and that'll be a, also our friday night game so uh two games this week and look for our home teams to improve upon their records of course, uh, the Generate Tigers, Jeff. You know they had a they had a win. They beat Morgan City uh, uh, over the uh, last Friday night. Uh, hats off to them. Uh, that's a big win for that program too. Uh, Morgan City's a Triple A team. No, and uh, you know we, the funny thing is we talked about Generate uh, maybe improving their lot in life because they fell down to Class A. But yet they're beating teams in two and three. That's right. That's right. They take on Lake Arthur in Lake Arthur this coming uh, Friday night. Uh, elsewhere, the Delcom Panthers will host uh, Pope John St. Paul. That that school's out of Slidell. And uh, with Artie Laouz's father was a, a coach over in that uh, area, I believe, at Slidell High School. And no, uh, no, here's the, Okay, here we go. Saturday morning, I'm talking to Coach Laouza. And I see who's on his schedule next. And I said, I know your dad coached in that area. Does that uh, help you out in preparing for his... He's he's the offensive coordinator at Pope John. I was like, you're kidding me. Like, man, I hardly... So Artie Sr. is over, because he was the head football coach, I believe, at Slidell High for many yeah, years. And, and it's going to be the first time uh, he's been to a game in Delcom. Uh, he helped him out at Highland Baptist. That's right, Baptist, he did. Um, when Artie was uh, the head coach at Highland Baptist. His dad uh, was, I guess, semi-retired then or retired and uh, just uh, helped out uh, Artie at Highland for a few years, uh, but uh, apparently has never seen a game in Delcom yet. 
Okay. Uh, because he's been right. coaching no, himself. Okay. All right. And so now uh, it'll be his first time there to get to, to see his son work in Delcom. Uh, and I was I got such a kick out of that because I had no idea where I was going. I mean, I knew our, <laughs> where I was going with the question. I was shocked at the response. And I, I'm sure we'll talk about that with Artie a little bit tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, also, uh, West St. Mary travels uh, to Northside. They're looking for their first win of the year in, in that regard. Uh, other high school football uh, on slate, uh, of course, the Yellow Jackets. Boy, they they got to run into a buzzsaw. They got to go to Scott to take on the Rams, who were embarrassed, uh, I believe, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago by LCA. Um, so we'll see with the Yellow Jackets. They got their first win last Friday over Sam Houston, uh, 35-14. Uh, Elsewhere, St. Martinville will travel to Brobridge. That's another big uh, inter-parish rivalry course. They they got beat by Cecilia in the f- uh, first one, then lost to Notre Dame. So they're looking for their first win uh, up against Brobridge uh, in that regard. The Westgate Tigers, uh, uh, defending state champs, they travel to Evangel Pist- uh, Christian up in Shreveport area to take on uh, – Evangel, and which should be a, a pretty good ball game, as Coach Ryan Antoine told us yesterday in that regard. And, of course, uh, the Catholic High Panthers journeying to Erath, looking for their first win uh, of the season as they take on the Bobcats, uh, Jeff, in high school football. You had a chance to talk with Coach Watney yesterday. What's his takeaway from these first two games? He just he feels he's got a really young team. He's only got five seniors on the team. He just feels they need a little confidence, a little boost, uh, he, he mentioned, you know, when they scored the touchdown to cut the lead to 14-7, to and then they were driving in the second half early, moving the football, and lo and behold, uh, uh, an errant throw and a pick six, and it ends up 21-7. to uh, The pick six goes all the way uh, midway through the third quarter, and that pretty much was the final score. His young team played well, played hard, and that's all he can ask of them. Uh, had opportunities, ran the ball pretty well, threw it okay. Teams used to, in the last couple of years, teams used to put eight and nine people in the box, daring them to throw the football. And now with uh, Luke Landry, the sophomore quarterback, a lefty out there, uh, they're backing off a little bit. So uh, the passing gains open up a little bit. So uh, hopefully they can continue that and uh, pull up, pull up, just, just, just play hard and see what happens. And he's got a lot of sophomores and juniors that are playing. So it's a pretty young team, as I mentioned. And they, they look to maybe get their first win here come uh, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and, and again, a young team has opportunities for exponential growth uh, throughout a, a season. And by the end of a season, if you can amass a few wins, find your way into the postseason. A young team uh, in September is a much older team in November. So, yeah, those those uh, uh, sophomores and juniors become juniors and seniors yeah. in playing ability, so they pick up things instead of thinking, they just react. And that's going to be the important part for them. Uh, come this uh, Thursday night right here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Ha- having talked to many coaches in, in the area about the select-non-select issue, uh, I know Catholic High's uh, lot in life didn't change much. With the announcement, did Coach Watney have any thoughts uh, from his perspective? Uh, subject didn't come up, but uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, he's he's going to see a few more uh, teams in the select market, too, uh, in that regard. So I know uh, they've got some schools around here that uh, disagree with where they were placed. But um, you, you guys got to go out and play just like you have before. And, folks, you got to remember, this doesn't change any kind of district play or anything. No, the teams no. are set. It comes to the playoffs. They're going to be allotted into select and non-select, and that's where uh, it starts. So um, I, I really like it, except the fact that did it 
not mid-season. It's only two-tenths of the way into the season. But I don't like the fact that they didn't have this set uh, before the scheduling process. You know, I think Coach Antoine said, you know, if I, I if I knew I'd uh, worry about power points and compete against these teams, I may have scheduled up a little bit more. I, I would have done this with my non-district schedule. I would have done that. That's the only gripe I have with it, uh, it being in the time of the year that they did it. But otherwise, I think going forward, uh, it's going to be a much better thing if it survives. The uh, principles. That's right. Come January, you know, they could throw every, the confetti up just, in the just air out and of change spite. everything. That's just right. out of spite, they might do it. That's right. Know? So that could take place. So anyway, let's go ahead and take our second break this morning. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday night, it's Southern Jack, and on Saturday night, Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints, and LSU with half-price drinks during their games, and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Check them out on Facebook. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September 13th. Uh, Jeff, uh, just looking around, uh, of course, baseball is uh, in its uh, heyday, so we're trying to see if... uh, uh, that will uh, come into play. Roland, uh, uh, apparently a Cardinal fan. Oh, um, absolutely. He just dropped movie. off a DVD of uh, 61. Thank you, Roland. Appreciate the thought. Yeah, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. So uh, we got, I think we got a phone call on the line. That's Let's the see business we, line. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, a birthday call. Anyway, uh, yeah, you'll enjoy that. Believe me, you, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I can watch it. That's one of those movies you can rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and I can recall as a, a young person uh, 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 the things that took place during that season. It's pretty neat, pretty interesting to uh, solely enjoy the uh, enjoy the CD there. I, I don't want to be ten years older. I'm happy to be the AJM, but I, I miss that. I, I I know that the best 
era of baseball was mid to late 50s into the late 60s, and uh, I would love to live through that era without being 10 years older. Uh, oh, I agree. And it, it was just uh, just one of those eras in baseball. Uh, and well, baseball was the king sport. I mean, uh, played the World mm. Series in the afternoon. Uh, most of the time it was the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Cardinals in that particular time period. And uh, you got to know all the players. And uh, and what was really neat, players with, with, with the same team forever, even though that wasn't fair to the players, it's just how the uh, – it was But, but it then. allowed you to just fall in love with a group of guys. That's right. That's right. Now, now I root for a, a jersey and not a player because <laughs> I know that player is going somewhere <laughs> That's right. someday. I, uh, you know, and, you know just, I just went through it with the Cubs last summer and uh, losing those guys from the World Series, and it, it, it hurts. So you just – honestly, I lost my innocence when Billy Williams was traded to the A's <laughs> after all those years, uh, and I stopped getting baseball cards at that point. Uh, it was like, you know, I was disenfranchised, but you learn, and obviously it's only gotten worse since the mid-'70s as far as trading and free agency and those kind of things. Uh, so, yeah, that – yeah, like you said, it wasn't fair to the players, but it, it made you love a team that much more. You're right about that. And the, the units, I mean, I can remember the Dodgers in the late 40s and early 50s. Their infield was the same forever with Pee Wee Reese and uh, Jackie Robinson and Gil Hodges, and et cetera. Anyway, uh, I've got a call here. This is uh, a studio line call. Let's go to the phones and say, hello, you're in the air. Oh, yes, I just wanted to call in and uh, send out a birthday request. Okay, can you call in a little after 8 uh, when okay. uh, we're not doing the show? Oh, yeah, sure, thank you. Yeah, thank you, appreciate that. Anyway, uh, with regards to, yeah, if you want to call in a birthday, anniversary, uh, of course, the area code 365-3434 is the number you need to call. And Teddy is here now to answer the business line, so, so if, if uh, it does ring. Yeah, anyway, that's the, the line you need to call to announce a Give us a birthday or an anniversary at all. Well, we gladly accept him through that line. By the way, uh, Tim Regan celebrating a, a birthday today, 33. All right. Anyway, uh, in that regard, so, uh, yeah, just baseball, uh, how much it's changed with free agency. And uh, if the players don't bow down and hug uh, uh, Kirk Flood's, uh, 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 what he did for baseball, uh, he gave up the rest of his career mm-hmm. to see the players have the opportunity to uh, market themselves uh, to whatever team would offer them uh, a salary, and that that goes on into the private world. Uh, and, and later, Andy Messer Smith, and who there was one Cat, other player. It was Catfish Hunter, I think, that uh, ended I know Catfish up. benefited. <laughs> uh, a lot of those Oakland A's players benefited from it, but but uh, Andy Messer Smith, yeah. I think, got the ball rolling. Uh, of course, Kirk Flood uh, initially. Oh yeah, the Cardinals and, traded he five years earlier. Yeah, Cardinals traded he Tim McCarver and someone else over to the Phillies. For Richie Allen and uh, Rick Wise, no, Rick Wise was Steve Carlton. But anyway, and Kirk Flood said. There's a pipeline between yeah. St. Louis and Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that wasn't the first time they, they've begun trades. I'm sure the general managers knew each other. But that began at, uh, back in the late 60s, 69, I believe it was. And uh, Kirk Flood said, I'm not a piece of meat. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I've got integrity. Uh, I need to. Uh, and, he, and Kirk Flood was just a fabulous artist, too. People don't realize uh, the talent he had. Born in Beaumont, Texas, mm. was Kirk Flood. And uh, just an uh, enormous talent, just a quality person, and passed away too, way too early after going through all that. And then finally ended up with the Washington Senators 
the uh, newer version of the Senators as uh, Ted Williams was a coach there and just uh, couldn't get his game back together. And, uh, of course, Flood was probably in his mid to late 30s at that time. And uh, just at one time was uh, the premier center fielder. You can say all you want about Willie Mays, but Kirk Flood was probably the premier center fielder in baseball at that time. Uh, won Golden Gloves uh, for that, but uh, moved on and kind of separated things in baseball uh, and just has never been the same since uh, the 70s on as the Yankees with their big market. Uh, they bought players left and right in that regard. Of course, the Reggie Boy never made it, though. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the thing is, uh, you know, we, we still see small market teams succeed. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's had a pretty good run uh, for the last 20 years or so. Went to a World Series in 82. And, you know, the Reds have had some success as a small market team. Miami, on when they wanted to win, uh, tried to win, they've had some success as a, a kind of a small market team. They won in 97 and 03. They were yeah. the world champs, uh, the Miami Marlins. And uh, the Cardinals uh, pretty much, St. Louis is not a large market team. They've set precedent. Uh, you know, baseball, if anything, they've had uh, – I don't think there's been a back-to-back winner in baseball since the Yankees back in uh, the late 90s. I think baseball is the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. I mean, they won a World Series in 15, the Cubs in 16. Well, you can, Cubs, Cubs you are know, a major market team. True. Uh, Chicago being probably the third largest city, if not second largest city in the country. But that they won. And there's a variety there. that, And everybody thinks the Yankees and the Dodgers would dominate. But you realize the Yankees haven't been in a World Series since 09 when they won it, I do believe. But yeah. uh, it's uh, amazing. First year of the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, so... Uh, you know, baseball, uh, they've got many teams. And look, this year, of course, the Dodgers. But won't be surprised if somebody in the National League in the playoffs knocks the Dodgers off. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, Texas and Houston, two uh, large market teams, one World Series between the two. That's right. That's, That's a, right. I mean, and, and that was called into question now. But anyway. Oh, well. Anyway, let's take our next break and bring uh, Coach Terry Martin on the line, the head coach of the Lorville Tigers. You listen to Bayou Sports here on FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Terry Martin right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answer to pain.com 
Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is head football coach Terry Martin of the Lorville Tigers. Good morning, coach, and how are things going? Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Good, good. Uh, big win for you uh, last Friday night as you take down the, the Quincy Tigers, 39-2. to And uh, I can't say... Uh, it was what you were looking for, but what a nice win, Coach. What a nice win. Uh, again, man, you know, you, you, you always got to enjoy when you win. Uh, the, especially you know, one of the coaches made a comment, Saturday mornings are so much more enjoyable, you know, when, when you can win like that. And, uh, you know, we, we thought we had a pretty good chance, you know, to come out, uh, you know, winning the game. But uh, overall, just pretty pleased how, you know, we did play uh, a little bit better than we expected on you know, defensively. Uh, we knew that you know they were a team that didn't throw the ball that much, but man, they, they just looked so physical on film, and, and they were just you know such a, a relentless run game, you know, running the ball right at you. We were really concerned with having several guys who play both ways. You know, could we hold up for four, for four quarters? And uh, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we were able to do that. Uh, we we did have uh, a bad snap uh, on a punt. You know, went over our punter's head and out the end zone. That we did give up a safety. Uh, Kind of a you know, little side note, whenever our defense pitches a shutout, our, our, our defensive coordinator likes to, to stop at, uh, at the donut shop on the way to school and buy a bunch of donuts. And uh, so, you know, we figured, you know, uh, you know, we did give up a safety, but it really wasn't the defensive fault. Uh, you know, so he, he did go ahead and get them their regular uh, Saturday morning donuts for having a shutout. You know, of course, very fortunate that it didn't come back to bite us and really cost us. Uh, that, that's one of those things that we definitely have to clean up because in a very close game, obviously, that, that can be the difference between a win and a loss. Uh, the defense uh, kind of set them up, the offense to fail, uh, you know, turning the ball over uh, that deep into your own territory. But, no, you're right, uh, defense did a great job. But, you know, uh, having had a few days to study that game, uh, I'm sure it's not like you're looking for flaws, but – you want to make sure a team is still grounded after a, a solid victory like that. Oh, no doubt, man. And, and then again, you know, their, their defense actually played hard for four quarters. Uh, you know, it's not like we just totally dominated and moved the ball up and down the field the whole night. You know, we, they had several good stops. Uh, you know, they were a really penetrating defense. They, they put a lot of pressure on you, run a lot of actually uh, pinches where, where their, their defensive linemen come hard inside. And several, you know, I'd say two or three times, uh, you know, it gave us some problems, and, and you know where we ended up having having to punt the football. Uh, fortunately, again, you know we were at that towards the end of the game able to break a few long runs and and uh, you know just go on some pretty you know, long drives and, and come up with points. So overall, you know that there's some things we definitely need to fix because when we came back on Saturday morning and watched that, you know the film with our offensive linemen, especially, you know there's still a few little things we did definitely get better from week one to week two. You know that's always a plus. But there's still a few little things where, you know, we point out one or two little things goes differently, and, and again, it's another touchdown. So, you know, a lot of things to clean up, and uh, especially for this week, you know, because we have a huge task in front of us. Uh, I'll you know, get one of the more talented teams on, on our schedule. Might be the most talented team on our schedule, to be quite honest. Uh, 
uh, a very senior heavy group. Uh, I know they're they're looking for a lot of good things uh, offensively. They they can throw the ball around. They got a, a very very dynamic quarterback who you know who they actually have a lot of called runs that they do with him. Uh, very good athlete. And he's only a sophomore. Uh, they did this past summer uh, in, in mid July. They won the set the quick slants tournament uh, at St Thomas More uh, that we took part into. So you know they had they definitely have talent on the field. Uh, they got an all-state linebacker returning. He plays a lot of tight end running back. Uh, really, I think one of the better football players in our area. And then, uh, besides just all the other talented kids, uh, they, they have a kid named Trayvon Moore. And uh, I remember way back when I was uh, first starting at Broke Ridge. I'm pretty sure that's when Coach Index was still at Abbeville. Uh, this kid's father played for Abbeville. Was a really, a really great high school athlete. I think he may have gone on to play college football, but I also remember he was one hell of a hurdler, too, in track. So uh, this kid's all over the field. He, uh, he plays running back. He's a slot receiver. Uh, he's, he's a sick physical kid, but he's actually a, can run really well, and I'm really impressed with how he plays defensively. He plays strong safety for them. Uh, they, they just they have some really talented kids. Of course, they're extremely well coached. So uh, it, it's going to be a huge task for us to, to be able to, just to, even, you know, to play with these guys on Friday night. Yeah, Coach, uh, we, we've, uh, we're familiar with VC, and like you said, uh, they're very talented. Uh, I think the qu- young man playing quarterback, I think, is Dartez. Is that correct? You're correct, Jonathan Dartez. Yeah, That's and he's just a, a fine athlete, too. Uh, so, uh, and they, they like to whip it around and uh, run it, and uh, they, they're going to throw uh, a lot of variety at your defense. So, uh, to be prepared, uh, I know it takes a lot of time and uh, due diligence to prepare for a team like uh, VC. Absolutely. They, they do such a good, again, their route combinations really put you in a bind. You know, they, they do a good, uh, get, and that their guys seem to really find the holes in the zone. But when you, when you add the dimension of, of a kid who can run as well as this quarterback, man, it, it, it really puts so much pressure on you defensively. So uh, I think we've talked about this you know, many times already going into this season. We probably need to try to hold on to the ball a little more when we have it. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that we can sustain a few drives uh, hopefully, you know, I got to talk to our kids all the time. I mean, we want to score every play, obviously, you know, but those those long, big runs, you know, again, a few and far between. I think the most important thing is we have to protect the ball and get first down. And, you, and know, if, uh, you know, Coach, they're beating two teams that are in your district two-handedly uh, with Catholic High and also with Ascension Episcopal, and uh, they they look pretty potent, too. <laughs> so you got they, your work cut out for you. They do. And, and again, you know, it, you, you, it's always kind of, you know, I really don't try to compare too much, you know, team to team because it, it, you know, anybody can have an off night. But but like you said, uh, in fact, you know, Catholic High actually had some pretty decent drives against them. Uh, you know, they moved the ball down the field. Uh, they actually converted a few four downs, and they had really good drives going, but there was always something. You know, they might have got a holding call, uh, you know, or they might have had a sack. And so, uh, you know, had they been able to finish some of those drives, you know, I think that game would have been a little bit closer because they did have nice drives. And, of course, Ascension, you know, you, you know they're always going to score some points. You know, I want to say they score maybe three touchdowns in that game. But, but again, man, they just, uh, they're, they're, so, they're pretty damn good on offense. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a tall task for us to, to try to hopefully get them off the field a couple of times. And like I just said, we have to be able to hold on to the ball, too, you know, ourselves. Coach, it's probably – obvious but it's got to be easier to prep for a team in week three and four and five than it is in week one or two uh is that that obvious of a, a statement uh yeah I, I would think so again you know we, 
in some ways, yes, some ways, no. Because, again, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't put in everything that they're going to run, you know, for the rest of the season. And obviously you build as you go through the season. Uh, but, again, you know, we, there's a lot of things that we have done that we just hadn't put on film yet. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, luckily, I guess on, on one hand, it's, it's two district opponents that we've played so that we're familiar with. So it probably does help us a little bit. But at the end of the day, man, it, it you know, uh, it, it comes down to Friday. Uh, I, I'm sure they have a, a few wrinkles that they're, they're going to run against us that we haven't seen, you know, just like we may have for them. But uh, I would say, you know, again, just from our standpoint, because they're so explosive, uh, just trying to, you know, limiting our mistakes uh, is going to be key in this one, for, without a doubt. There you go. Uh, Evan Simon uh, has been your workhorse uh, this season. Uh, I trust uh, that continues to be the plan. Uh, again, man, you got you know you got to figure out ways to put the ball in his hand, and uh, and it's pretty funny. I mean, he had such a great game week one uh, this past week. You know, a couple of things that we were running. Uh, you know, the kids came off the field. They you know they they they, they said go they they hollering twenty two's getting the ball twenty two's getting the ball and I say oh God kind of that's that's kind of the plan <laughs> that's what we want to do and so you know you just have to again figure out ways hopefully come up with you know a little a little variety to find ways to put the ball in his hands but at the same time you know I guess as an offensive play caller you got to come up with a few things where it looks like he's getting the ball but you have counters off of it you know where it's going somewhere else and uh, the more you get into the season I think the more you use him. Uh, besides, like I said, getting it to him as much as you can, but you start using him more as a decoy to try to get the ball to other guys who can hopefully, you know, move the ball down the field. And the progression of uh, your young quarterback, Hayden Benoit? Uh, he got better. Re- really got better. Again, like I said, uh, it, I, one of my biggest mistakes that I do every year as a coach is I assume too much. I assume they know more than what they actually do. Uh, and, you know, every year I have to kind of remind myself, especially at the beginning, to go in and, and and kind of have in my head that they know nothing. They know absolutely nothing. And I'll just give you, you know, a, a key little example. I think I told you all last week against Erath a couple of the times and uh, some of the things that came out in the coverage that we weren't expecting. And so we went to something that, that we hadn't run yet. And uh, But just I just assumed he understood when we're throwing a slant on this particular play and the way we're faking the ball because of the coverage, uh, this is the side I want to throw it to. And, and he just, again... All the other quarterbacks in the years past would have known he didn't know. And so we come to uh, late in the half, and I want to throw a fade ball, and it's actually the opposite. I want it to go the other way, but once again, I assumed he knew, and he didn't know. You know, so at halftime, I had to go through everything with him. And so this week, we get on our field, and, you know, he's, he's progressed, he's gotten better, and right when we get to start the game, our 25-second costs don't work. Uh, I'm sure, Jeff, you, you saw we had to have a delay right at the beginning yeah. because one side worked, the other one didn't. Yeah, and uh, we don't know if it, whether it was lightning because we had a, a big rainstorm uh, about a week and a half ago where lightning actually hit our goalposts. And uh, so I didn't know if it was that. I didn't know if it was a problem with the antenna on the box. So we have to go again without a play clock. And so I tell him, I remind him, because the same thing happened in Erad the week before. I said, and I remember when, the, when the, the guy, the back judge, all the way in the back, he's going to raise his hand when there's 10 seconds left, because now we don't have a clock. So he said, hold on, what do you mean? He said, so when he raises his hand, that means this is 10 seconds left. I said, yes, 10 seconds before we're going to get a delay. So he, you know, again, as a young kid, he didn't even know, you know, that, that you know, that's what, you know, that's what he meant. So I'm sure we're going to have a few more moments like that as we go through the season. But, but for, you know, a kid who didn't play since the seventh grade year, 
uh, he, he's really progressing well, you know, and, and learning more and more. He's got a, an extremely live arm. Uh, just got some natural arm talent. Uh, he has good footwork in the pocket. Again, so, some of those things you just, uh, you know, you can work on the drills and all that, but some guys just have it. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping he continues to work hard, continues to stay grounded, and, uh, you know, he's got the potential to be pretty good. Real good. Coach, uh, we'll let you go, but always appreciate you joining us on Tuesdays, again on Saturdays, and we look forward to being out at Lauraville for a couple of more games uh, later this season against Ascension Episcopal and, again, the Catholic High game. But uh, thanks so much for joining us on these uh, Tuesday mornings, and best of luck Friday night. Thank you all very much. Hope you all have a good rest of the week. You, uh, too, you coach. too, Coach. Thank you. Looks like a good week to practice. Though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Beautiful weather this Dry morning. Dry weather, a little bit cooler, a little bit cooler. It, it felt good, though. I mean, of course, we're not from uh, the way the Windy City, but uh, 65 degrees on a September morning, mid-September morning, uh, feels pretty good in New Iberia, Jeff. Anyway, today in sports history, September the 13th in 1909, Ty Cobb clinches the AL home run title. That's right, folks. He hit his ninth home run. You ready? An inside-the-park job. Mm-mm. Anyway, uh, home run champ, uh, nine home runs. I think home run Baker back then was a home run champ in a couple years, hitting 11 and 12 home runs. Anyway, that was in the dead ball era. 1927, the Yankees uh, clinched the AL pennant with a 5-3 win over Cleveland at uh, Yankee Stadium. Babe Ruth hits number 52. Ruth hit 17 in the month of September that year en route to 60 home runs in the 154-game schedule. Elsewhere in 1932, the Yankees clinched their seventh pennant. Uh, in 1934, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis sells the World Series broadcast rights to Ford for $100,000. I like to know what that, uh, that billion-dollar market is today. Elsewhere in 1936, 17-year-old Cleveland Indians future Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Feller uh, I guess he took a break from his senior year in high school. Strikes out 17 Philadelphia A's in a 5-2 to two win at League Park in Cleveland. Municipal Stadium hadn't been built yet, I don't think. In 51, the Cards uh, beat the uh, Giants 64 from a game previous day. Then they go on and lose the nightcap to the Braves 2 to nothing. 54, Cincinnati first baseman Ted Klazuski, who they said had arms like tree trunks, scores a run in his record 17th consecutive game. Scores a run in 17 straight games. And the Reds lose to the Pirates 5-4, though. Warren Spahn, the first lefty to win 20 more games in nine times in his baseball career. 1963, Jim Bouton wins his 20th and clinches the Yankees' 28th pennant. So in 42 years, the Yankees win 28 pennants out of 42 attempts. Pretty impressive. 65, Willie Mays hit his 500th homer off a dime not abort in a Giants win. In 69, Bobby Bonds is the first, or the fourth, excuse me, 30-30 player. Of course, the previous uh, uh, players uh, uh, were a couple players back in the 20s and 30s and one in 1970. Uh, elsewhere, in 1970, the New York City Marathon uh, was inaugurated, and uh, Gary Marek uh, wins in two hours and 31 minutes. 1973, ABC obtained the TV rights for the 76 Olympics over in Montreal. In 73 also, the United States Congress passes and sends a bill to President Nixon 
to lift the football television blackout of Soul Games. And if you can remember that, the people in New Orleans could not watch the Saints, even though the games were sold out in old Tulane Stadium. Thank goodness we were living here in the Lafayette market where they were outside the blackout so we could see the Saints play on uh, uh, a neighbor, I think it was Channel 10, the CBS affiliate. The, the original owner of the Blackhawks never allowed home games to be broadcast. Really? No matter, they could have been sold out 10 years ahead of time. They, he said, the people who bought tickets, they deserve to see the games. If you didn't want to buy a ticket, then you're out of luck. Oh, and wow. it wasn't until he died, his son said, that this is <laughs> stupid. We, we got cable rights. We're, we're putting these games on TV. And... Uh, we're going to probably raise the price of tickets, too. And then the Blackhawks started winning games, too. So, you know, again. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. But I remember the blackout. If the Saints oh, yeah. games weren't sold out, they're not going to broadcast it. But And, and there would be, like, last minute. I, I remember the CBS affiliate in Chicago. If the Bears weren't sold out, uh, you know, and it had to be, like, 72 hours in advance of the kickoff, CBS, the local CBS affiliate, uh, at that time aired most of the NFC games. They would buy a block of tickets and give them away or do whatever so they could broadcast the game and reap the uh, advertising. And, uh, you know, I saw some of that also in New Orleans with uh, dealers uh, buying up the 1,000 tickets left or whatever and making the deal with the Saints front office to clean out and have the game broadcast in the New Orleans area. Anyway, but all passed now and all goodbye. 1978, the Yankees recover from 14 games behind to gain sole possession of the AL East in first place with a 7-3 win over the Detroit. And we all remember how the playoffs went that year between the Red Sox as Bucky Dent hit that big home run to beat the Sox and the Yankees in the World Series where they defeated the Dodgers. Ron Guidry, also a Yankee starter on that team. In 81, the U.S. men's uh, tennis, John McEnroe wins his third straight U.S. title beating John Borg. Uh, and the last Grand Slam match of Borg's career. 1983, Ricky Henderson steals uh, third straight 100 steals for the season. Of course, Vince Coleman went on to tie that. 1989, Faye Vincent elected baseball's eighth commissioner. Of course, he did a lot of good for the game, I thought, too, uh, taking over for Bart Giamatti. Uh, elsewhere, in 1999, John Elway's number seven jersey was retired by the Broncos. In 2013, Jim Furyk fires 12-under-59 in the second round of the BMW Championship in Conway Forums Country Club in Lake Forest, Illinois, becoming the, just the sixth player to shoot the sub-60 in the LPGA event. Uh, 2018, uh, Amazon did a live stream of a Thursday night football game as Cincinnati beat the uh, Ravens 34-23, an all-female broadcast booth. Andrea Kramer along with Hannah Storm. Birthdays today, Michael Johnson. Who can forget Michael Johnson in the Olympics, the 200-meter and 400-meter champion, uh, born in Dallas, Texas on this date. 1968, uh, Bernie Williams, uh, Puerto Rican baseball outfielder for the Yankees, born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Who can forget Bernie? Led the Yankees, I think, to uh, four World Series championships in the late 90s and 2000. And on this date and born is 1982, Ricky Weeks, the former Southern Jag, the Golden Spikes Award winner of baseball, college baseball's uh, player of the year, born in Almonte Springs, Florida. Today's quote of the game, uh, day, excuse me, uh, how ironic to be my last game that I ever played will be against Dan Reeves in the Super Bowl, the thing I was always afraid of, playing in a Super Bowl when it was raining, I can't throw a wet ball, as the Denver Broncos beat the Dirty Birds 34-19 in Miami, 
And after the game was over, it started raining 30 minutes after. That's John Elway who made that quote. Of course, Elway played in two losing, three losing Super Bowls in 86, 87, and 89. And uh, that's today's uh, sports of the day history, Jeff. You know, when you mentioned uh, Bob Feller pitching at League Park, uh, the date, uh, I knew something was uh, interesting there because Cleveland Stadium was open in the early 30s. I knew it was. Yeah, municipal? Yeah, and in fact, the Indians started playing there in 32, but they also would share games from 32 to 46. They would go to, back to League Park, which was their um, original ballpark. Uh, they also played some minor league baseball, Negro League baseball at League Park, but uh, I was intrigued by that because I knew Municipal Stadium was open before Bob Feller yeah, started pitching. Yeah, I saw pitching. that article, too. I agree with you. I but, but they split games. Uh, I they didn't realize play that. A, a much smaller facility, certainly more friendly to baseball, um, uh, taking a look at League Park, uh, but it was uh, an old wooden stadium that they eventually built concrete and steel uh, stands around it uh, but uh, yeah Bob uh, Feller I think was a senior in high school too uh, pitching at the time for the Indians uh, which is now the Guardians anyway that, anyway that's uh, sports history today Jeff appreciate uh, our guest today coach Terry Martin uh, tomorrow we've got a couple of coaches scheduled Artie Lauza over in Delcom and coach Rick Hudson at Highland Baptist we'll look forward to them Joining us tomorrow, and of course, we thank our sponsors, including the Quarter Tavern. I uh, certainly want to thank L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Headache and Pain Center, and I know I'm missing uh, one here, uh, Schwing Insurance, of course. Uh, appreciate uh, Schwing Insurance being a sponsor of Bayou Sports. News coming up brought to us by David Funeral Homes and then Lee Kay and the Breakfast Club. Carry on on this Tuesday morning. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash.